This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, August 9th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, local government's update on housing, Norwood School District prepares for a new year, West Coast fires lead to hazy San Miguel skies and a mountain weather forecast. In San Miguel County, the word housing seems almost always to be followed by the word crisis, and local governments are aware. Here's San Miguel County Manager Mike Bordonia. We hear, like all of you do, the extreme pressures um, that our business community and everybody else is having on attracting employees, retaining employees, and then Um, wanting to make sure that those employees are able to live closer to where they work. At an intergovernmental meeting on Monday, San Miguel County and the towns of Telluride and Mountain Village each provided updates on what they're doing to address the issue. To start, the county. Bordonia again. It's no secret that the county doesn't have a lot in the finances side or the development arena um, at this point. But we do have some land and we do have uh, an interest. With that land and interest, the county is partnering with the Telluride Foundation. On the Norwood housing uh, development of uh, 22 deed-restricted homes in the town of Norwood, on property that we own adjacent to the Lonecon Library there. That's in addition to the Sunnyside Project in collaboration with the town of Telluride. Our targeted completion date is May or June of next year. That's 30 rental units. The Voodoo Lounge site, which is across from the post office in downtown Telluride, is starting the design process next week. Uh, We hope to be in the ground on that project uh, towards the end of the winter or early spring. That's Telluride Program Manager Lance McDonald. The Voodoo lot would create 25 to 35 new units, in addition to some deed-restricted or local commercial office space. Telluride is also close to breaking ground on Virginia Placer Phase 2. That'll be designed for on-call workers uh, and also for recruitment purposes for town staff. There's also a lot next to Clark's that's envisioned to have roughly 40 townhome-type units. McDonald says the goal is to dovetail the beginning of that construction with the projects already underway at Voodoo and Virginia Placer. Finally, Telluride Town Council recently approved the Southwest Area Master Plan. That indicated a guiding document that would be uh, for approximately 450 to 600 additional housing units, um, 1,000 space intercept type parking facility, uh, also uh, local serving or community serving accommodations uses, some neighborhood commercial and also child care facilities. Moving up the hill to Mountain Village, the town's housing initiatives are more focused on incentives. We've been um, waiving um, fees, both building and planning fees for deed-restricted developments since 2019, and we will we continue to do so. Michelle Haynes, Director of Planning and Development Services and Housing Director for the town of Mountain Village. It's made a big impact for encouraging people to develop deed-restricted vacant lots as well as small things like changing out their windows or improving their properties, which is equally important. The town is also shifting its building codes to encourage homeowners to build more. We're reintroducing duplex development that had been allowed in the residential zone district and 
for not really any logical reasons, was removed as zoning designations when we adopted the Community Development Code in 2013. But we're reintroducing it as an overlay in a smaller area of the residential zone district. And we're hoping that this will encourage um, a different kind of inventory in the Mountain Village. According to John Miller, Mountain Village Community Housing Program Director, the Your Equity Support, or YES, program looks to incentivize deed restriction by the town paying a homeowner or buyer a percentage in exchange for deed restricting their home. He notes any homeowner in Mountain Village is eligible, but they're focusing on the meadows. There's a lot of homes in that area that have traditionally not had deed restrictions just because they've the, the price has essentially bared itself for, uh, for locals. And so locals have been able to get into those units. And now we're really starting to see some turnover in those units. And the goal would be to try to work through this incentive program to get, get these folks to voluntarily um, deed restrict that, that space. In addition to the incentives, Mountain Village is looking at several building projects. The town is still planning to move forward with an expansion of the Village Court Apartments and Miller teases other building projects in the future. We are in conversations with certain public-private partnerships for new development of heat restricted housing. And currently we have two to three potential projects that we're exploring, and I can't really give a lot of details on those right now, but we're hoping to potentially be able to break ground on some of these in the next few years. One project or program will not fix the region's housing crisis, but more and more in the halls of government, everyone's thinking about it. The Norwood School District is preparing for a new school year, and there are some changes afoot, along with something of a return to normalcy. At this time, in the current moment in time, we are uh, not requiring masks. We are recommending those folks that feel uncomfortable with the climate and environment that they're welcome to wear masks, um, but we are not going to make it a mandatory piece of school for us. That's Norwood School District Superintendent Todd Bittner. Bittner is joining the school district this year, and he says when it comes to COVID precautions, they're taking advantage of the smaller district, keeping up with sanitation, social distancing, a monitoring program for staff and students who feel sick. Because we are such a small uh, community, and we've spent an entire summer of a community that's been without masks, the cross-contamination between the different social groups has already occurred. And we feel very strongly that exposure to the COVID virus within the current community has been fairly significant over the summer. And we don't believe that at any point that masks are a bad idea, but at the current, at the current place, because of the social engagements that our communities had throughout the summer, we believe that that, 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 cross, that cross connection with all of our community has occurred. The Norwood School District does not plan to require staff vaccination either. A new addition to the school year is Sam Ryan. He will be joining the district as the new K-12 principal. I've made several trips out west here. Uh, and what I've said for years is that I left a piece of my heart here each time I, I came and visited. Uh, so I wanted to put all those pieces back together. And uh, here I am living in the mountains. A different principal was originally hired into the position. Ryan was selected to be principal after the original candidate was unable to take the job. Ryan is moving from Ohio, where he most recently worked as assistant principal in a rural school district. He says he's looking forward to building on the district's current successes. Norwood has a lot of really good things already going on. I'm excited to come in and get a feel for where the district is at and what staff are already doing really well. Um, 
and continue to help us build and grow on those those platforms. Um, we're not in a place where we have to start from scratch, but after our, our 18 months of COVID, um, I think we're all in a place where we, we really want to build back to things that we were accustomed to in our classrooms and for our students. So I'm excited to help um, shift gears again and kind of come back to the, the basics, if you will, of what we do in our classrooms and for our students every day. Bittner says at the beginning of the new school year, he's most looking forward to seeing smiling student faces, further developing relationships in the community, and building on academic and athletic success. I think first and foremost, focusing on school community and school spirit, making sure that we're providing lots of opportunities for school-wide events and community connection. Um, we have a 4-H and an FFA program that are already going out of their way to make sure there's connections with the community. And, and really, that's really the piece that we're focusing on. The Norwood School District will dive into learning starting on Monday, August 16th. Registration for the school year is open at norwoodk12.org. San Miguel County residents woke up on Saturday in a world of smoke. Gone were the mesas and mountains, replaced instead by an opaque reminder of fires far away. The smoke that we're seeing in the in western Colorado um, and across much of the west and much of the country, actually, um, is coming from the wildfires that are burning in northern California and the Pacific Northwest. That's Matthew Alexa, a meteorologist with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. we got a system that moved through on Friday, um, which brought some uh, some thunderstorms to the area, but drier air behind the, the front that moved through, and the flow um, shifted more out of a, the west out of the west. So the winds were coming from west to east, and that allowed the smoke from those fires to transport uh, far enough eastward uh, to impact uh, much of the area and uh, reduce visibilities um, with the heavy smoke. While the smoke seemed to mostly clear out by Monday morning, Alexa says the region should prepare for it to come back. We have another um, disturbance that's going to be moving across the north, and so that's going to bring um, stronger westerly winds in, which will also transport more smoke into the area. He says a high pressure is going to build back in. So what's going to happen there is the flow is going to be weaker around that high pressure and so the smoke is likely to get trapped. There really is no clear signal of anything moving through uh, this week that would push that smoke out of here. So it's, it, even though visibilities may improve later in the week, the smoke will still remain. The haze and smoke led the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment to issue an air quality health advisory for wildfire smoke. Public health officials recommend individuals stay indoors when smoke becomes thick, especially for the elderly and very young, or those with heart disease or respiratory illness. The health advisory will be in effect through Tuesday morning, with the possibility of an extension. Mountain Village's comprehensive plan is a guiding document for development. Essentially, it, the community says, this is how things are today, but how do we want to envision it in the future? And then development that comes through conforms with that future vision. In, in the purest sense, that's what a comprehensive plan means. That's Michelle Haynes, Director of Planning and Development Services for the town of Mountain Village. 
Mountain Village's Comprehensive Plan, or Comp Plan, was adopted 10 years ago. But now the town is looking to amend the document. One of the primary things we've realized, and the Comprehensive Plan self-professes this, that it's just too prescriptive. Haynes says the document was first adopted just on the heels of the Great Recession, and a lot has changed. She notes big changes surrounding hotbeds. Those are Mountain Village's hotel rooms. However, more of them are condominiums for rent through a management company. There are also short-term rentals. There was a really strong reliance on um, hotbed development in the first comprehensive plan to be our primary economic driver. So we're kind of looking at, we have 10 years of data. Is it our primary economic driver? We know it's important. And in what way is it important? Um, And so we're looking for community input. Residents, employees, business owners, and regional residents will have the opportunity to provide that input at a community open house this week. Community input is so important in a comprehensive plan process. I mean, we are a collective with lots of ideas and visions, and we all have an investment in what our community looks like. So I really encourage anyone who is able to come. So we'll have six stations where we'll be collecting input. Our consultants will be there and we'll have some staff. We're providing light snacks and beverages. We have some events for kids. Haynes notes the town will be looking for input on things like hotbeds, in addition to affordable housing, open space, and trails and connectivity. The Comprehensive Plan Open House will take place at the Conference Center in Mountain Village on Wednesday, August 11th from 1 to 6 p.m. Spanish translation and interpretation will be available by request. Is there anything better than a movie under the stars? The Wilkinson Public Library is hosting a family movie night at the Transfer Warehouse to close out the summer season. The library will show Raya and the Last Dragon, Disney's latest animated film. The movie follows Raya, a warrior princess, on her quest to find the fabled Last Dragon and reunite the tribes of her homeland after an evil plague. Doors will open at 7 p.m. and Raya and the Last Dragon will begin at 7.30-ish, depending on the light. A 23-year-old Grand Junction man has pled guilty to poaching. Dylan Zuber was charged with 20 counts of wildlife violations, including willful destruction of wildlife and the illegal possession of three or more big game animals. That's according to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. In the summer of 2020, CPW officers received information suggesting Zuber had poached a buck and doe mule deer in Mesa County. In the following days, CPW officers located the animals and found more illegal animals in Zuber's possession, indicating, CPW says, it was not the first time he had killed wildlife illegally. Through the plea deal, Zuber is prohibited from hunting or owning a firearm for four years, in addition to community service and over $6,000 in fines. State leaders are asking the federal government for $116 million to deal with the aftermath of a mudslide that closed Interstate 70 through Glenwood Canyon. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. Almost half of the money would help create a safer detour around the canyon over Cottonwood Pass, an unpaved, narrow road between Glenwood Springs and Gypsum. Many drivers are currently taking a much longer route through Steamboat Springs to get around the canyon. 
Meanwhile, some trucks and vehicles are getting stuck on other mountain passes that are not part of the recommended detour. CDOT says it made good progress clearing mud from the interstate over the weekend because of good weather. The road in the canyon remains closed indefinitely, and officials say they still do not know how much it will cost to fix the damage. Governor Jared Polis is asking the feds to immediately approve at least $10 million for those repairs. I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 50 degrees. Tuesday, there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms and patchy smoke, with mostly sunny skies and a high in the mid-70s. Tuesday night should see areas of smoke with partly cloudy skies and a low around 50. Wednesday should be mostly sunny with areas of smoke and a chance of showers and thunderstorms. The high is around 75 degrees. Wednesday night calls for partly cloudy skies with a low around 50. This has been the news for Monday, August 9th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.